Hello Christian singles, welcome back to Single Plus. If you are not subscribed, go ahead and follow the podcast on Apple, Podbean, and Spotify. You can also follow on Instagram at MySingleplus. You can also follow the blog MySingleplus.com. And if you are not a patron on my Patreon, you can go ahead and start your seven-day free trial. After that, it's only $15 a month and you get a plethora of resources to help you thrive in Christian singleness while also preparing for marriage so that you are equipped, emotionally healthy, and just in the right headspace so that you can receive God's best for you for a kingdom relationship. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. podcast episode my name is daria white thank you all so much for tuning in today's episode is definitely one of the interesting revelations that i have had recently and i don't know about you all but sometimes god uses the simplest things sometimes he uses what we think is trivial to teach us a pretty big lesson so just stick with me because i promise all of this is going to make sense by the time i finish but thank you all so much for your support and i definitely look forward to more episodes even after i am married we're i think roughly 17 days out and so i'm telling you for those of you that feel like it's never going to happen god can definitely turn things around if you know my story i went through 12 years of no dating prospects to before i knew it meeting a man on july 4th weekend back of 2021 And my life has been different ever since. So it may feel like a long stretch of singleness, a long stretch of no no prospects, but God can definitely turn it around in a weekend. Hey, all he needed was three days and then Jesus rose from the dead. So don't think that God needs a lot of time. He definitely knows how to work it because he works outside of time. So quick side note and a dose of encouragement for you. Before today's episode, just to kind of give you a little bit of a background, when COVID first, first hit in 2020, and we were all on lockdown, all in quarantine, my family and I did not catch it until maybe the following year. So I would say probably close to the end of 2021, because it was close to Christmas. It was right after Thanksgiving, close to Christmas. My older sister got it, and then my father had it. Now, at that time, you know, the vaccines were starting to be, you know, talked about and and they were advising people to take it. So my family and I, we didn't have a problem with that because my dad um, has diabetes. So he's definitely on the list of those that have pre-existing health conditions and we did not want to take any risks there. But the whole family had COVID for Christmas. And then not too long after that, the whole family caught COVID again. And I noticed changes in my hair. Now, I had heard stories of how COVID affected people, whether it came to taste, people lost their taste. Some people talked about their hair, but I really didn't think much of it. And then there were other side effects that hadn't been explored at the time, but I didn't notice it until probably maybe six months after both rounds of COVID, all of us recovered, thank God. And... I started to notice that there were some thinning parts in my hair, particularly towards the front. Now, if you don't know me personally, I don't mind changing my hair color. Right now, it is currently Ruby Rage. 
I'm definitely going back to natural black, but for the wedding, I just want to. So whenever I kind of get bored, I'm either coloring my hair, I'll cut my hair. And I made the decision, okay, Dari, I don't want to cut my hair anymore because I really kind of want to grow it out, see how far it can go. But every now and then I'll color it. And again, I just, I didn't notice that there was some thinning, that my hair wasn't as full. And so I know it's just hair, but that was a little scary to see because I'm like, okay, my hair's never looked like this before. So I started doing my research and my younger sister, she definitely is a pro when it comes to finding products that work for natural hair, especially on black women. And she was doing her research. So I started asking her, I'm like, what can I do? So I've been trying products. When I say you all, I've tried pretty much almost every product that is out there. I pretty much have tried almost every hair care product that is out there. And it wasn't until recently now that I'm doing some spring, well, summer cleaning going into the fall because I'm downsizing and getting rid of stuff that that's not going with me in the move after the wedding. But I saw all these products that I used to use and none of them worked. And it wasn't until I found one that was good for natural hair and that specialized in hair growth. So I started using it. I've been using it since March of this year, so not too long. But I really was expecting my hair to grow because that's how much I saw in terms of the reviews that I read. I saw the, the good reports about it. So I'm like, okay, my hair is going to be at the length that I want it for the wedding. Don't worry. I'm going to bring it all home. Just bear with me. But recently, once I straightened my hair, I saw that it didn't go past the length that it was before. My hair is pretty much medium length now, so it's a little ways past my shoulders, but it's not at the length that I thought it would be for the wedding. Because I'm like, because I was like, I don't, I really don't want to do hair extensions. I really just want to wear my own hair, <laughs> and that's just me. Not hating on anyone that wears hair extensions, because I definitely use hair extensions when I put braids in my hair, but. I'm just like, man, God, like, and seriously, I tell God everything. So he knows about the hair situation. And so I'm like, God, I really wish my hair was longer. I thought, you know, it would, you know, make some progress. You know, it's been a while. I've also been taking vitamins, um, particularly the vitamin biotin, which is, which is supposed to help with hair, skin and nails. So it's like, God, I'm doing all of these things. Why haven't I seen progress with my hair? And you all, it wasn't until maybe a few days ago and even this morning, right before I started recording this podcast, that I really looked at my hair, like really, really looked at it. And I was like, wait a minute, my hair looks fuller. Because when I tell you it looked spacey after we got COVID, the family, it looked spacey. Like it, it looked as if it was, you know, again, just thin. It, it felt thin on one side. There were some parts that, again, even close to close to my forehead, it just felt thin. And I looked at, I was like, wait a minute, my hair has gotten fuller. My hair looks full from root to end. And my hair hasn't looked like that since prior to COVID. And it was just like a revelation came right there from God with my hair that I definitely think is relevant to those of you who are struggling with your singleness. You may not have what you want, which is a spouse, which is a relationship. It's kind of like my hair example. My hair is not at the length that I wanted it to be. I thought it would be past my shoulders. I thought it would at least be close to mid back. I wanted it to be nice and long and flowy for the wedding. But what I didn't realize because I was so focused on the lack is that, wait a minute, Dari, your hair is fuller. Your hair looks softer, it feels softer. And also another bonus, my hair is not shedding as much. Now, yes, hair sheds just like it regularly does, but 
there used to be times where I would comb my hair and it's like, you know, sometimes it looked like, you know, the comb was filled with just shedded hair. But recently, just within these last few days, I've combed my hair after sleeping through the night, after waking up to comb and brush. I'm like, there's not much hair that's shedding. So I was like, wow, God, I'm missing what is happening because I've been focusing on what's not happening. And I just want to encourage you all, for those of you that just feel like nothing is happening for you, there are no prospects, you haven't been on a date in years, maybe you've never been on a date, maybe you have been talking to somebody and they changed their mind, or maybe you're talking to somebody and it turns out that your values don't align and you, and you know deep down, okay, God, if I don't end this now, it's going to be an unequally yoked situation, but it's hard, Lord, because I actually started to like this person. I thought something was promising. I thought something would work out between us. I hear you. I hear you. You are not being dismissed for how you feel, but I'm still going to challenge you. What is it that you do have that's working for you? What is going on in your life that you can be grateful for, that you can praise God for, even if it's something as simple as your hair? And when I noticed that, I was like, wow, thank you. Like, thank you, God. Like, I did not realize that because it was scary for a, a little bit because my hair never looked that way before. It was, like I said, thinning. It wasn't as full. But now that it has just within these few months of me trying this new hair growth line, I'm like, wow. So now I'm thinking, well, you know what, God, if, if, if it's doing this right now, it can only get better. My hair can only get stronger and it can only it mean, hey, if it takes longer, maybe my hair grows back slower than others now my older sister when she cuts her hair it just feels like within weeks her hair is already back to the original length i'm different my nails tend to grow faster as opposed to my hair so if the process is taking longer than fine but i'm committed to taking care of my hair i'm committing to making sure that it's healthy i'm committed to making sure that hey i have what i need to make sure that it stays nice and strong so I don't know what that thing is for you that has you focusing on the lack, that has you focusing on what's not happening. And with this trivial story for some, you may think, okay, you know, that's kind of not what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it either, but it's amazing how God can use the simple things, things that we don't think about, things that we just kind of, you know, go through life and not really, you know, take much thought to it. God can use that to teach a valuable lesson. So I just wanted to share that with you all. I was looking at my hair this morning and I was like, I really couldn't describe it. It was an interesting feeling because I'm like, I did not realize what was happening. <laughs> so if you're in a season where, again, you don't know the future, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's fear, I'm encouraging you still, I'm encouraging you still to turn your eyes to Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus. I was going through a Bible plan recently that's called Dealing with Uncertainty. So if you want to check it out, it's like a five-day plan. But one tip that was in the devotional part was lay down your expectations or releasing your expectations. And we've talked about that before, but I like the example in the imagery that they used. They said, picture yourself you know, putting all of your cares and burdens in a box, everything that you're worried about, everything that you're fearful about, everything that you're not sure about, all your questions, everything. Imagine yourself putting it, just putting it in a box one by one and then giving it to God, releasing your expectations, laying everything down. When he says, cast your burdens upon me, cast them. 
give it to him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Come to him. All you are weary and heavy laden and he will give you rest. Maybe the reason why you haven't felt peace is because you're still trying to figure out how is this going to work as opposed to surrendering it at Jesus's feet. Maybe you feel restless because you're so focused on the lack and you're so focused on the problem that you're failing to see the blessing, the, the, the blessings that God has already provided for you. And I know it's hard. You all, this has been the last six months alone have been a stretching season. It has been challenging. It has been challenging. It has been stretching me to sometimes I'm like, God, if one more thing happens, it's like, okay, God, I understand we're going to go through things in life. I understand that there's storms, but can a girl have a breather before the next storm? You know, can we, can, can there be some rest in between these fights? But you all, Satan doesn't let up. He doesn't let up. And that doesn't mean that he won't flee for a time because when he tempted Jesus, the Bible says he departed. But that doesn't mean that he didn't come back. He may depart for a bit. You may get some space for a bit. But that doesn't mean that he's going to let up and not come back and find another avenue to attack you, to find another avenue to trip you up. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But one thing that has been replaying in my mind is the sovereignty of God, knowing that he is in control, knowing that everything is in his hands, nothing slips and gets past him. He knows where you are. And maybe it's possible, just possible, that there's a reason that God has you where you are right now. And you may be thinking, well, what good can come out of me being single at 40? What good can come out of me being single at 50? Some of you may be thinking, what good can come out of me being single at 25 or 30? No matter what age range you're is, maybe you're thinking, what good can come out of this? I don't know. But can we just ask God to give us his eyes for a second? Like, okay, God, help me to see what you see. Am I missing something in this season that you want me to, to maximize? Am I missing something in this season that you want me to you know, put my hands to and work? What is it, Lord, that I'm missing? How do you want to use me right now before a spouse comes into my life? Before that relationship comes into my life? And just reminiscing on my own singleness, I'm not saying that there weren't moments where I didn't feel the loneliness. There were definitely moments where I was like, okay, God, is this going to happen? Maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe my standards are too high. All these questions in my head, right? Even though I had those moments and I definitely cried it out. I definitely prayed through it. I definitely had to talk myself um, I had to encourage myself quite a few times to, hey, keep trusting God, keep trusting God, keep trusting God. When I look back on it, there was a lot that happened in those 12 years. I graduated college and that was something that was, I mean, my family was definitely proud because we had just gone through a church split and the school that I was attending, just the distraught and just the drain that that church split did to our family, my GPA was the lowest it had ever been. I was typically a 3.3, 3.5 student and higher, but that year that that church split happened was the lowest my GPA ever was. So for me to recover from that and graduate college, that was definitely a milestone that I give all glory to God to, because at first I was like, God, I don't know if I wanna finish. Because after the church split, I had head injuries, I had a knee injury, so I couldn't physically go to campus. And at the time, you know, there were online classes, but online school wasn't as popular then as it is now. But 
as it was expanding and I had the opportunity to go to school online, I was like, okay, Lord, maybe I can finish my degree online. And God made a way for it. He provided the means to be able to do it. And I was able to graduate. So I was like, wow, I was able to do that. And then when it came to music, I hadn't touched a piano since I was seven years old. And I pretty much lost the zeal for it when my piano teacher moved away. I think she moved away to Florida. And so I just stopped. And it wasn't until high school where I was a part, because I went to a Christian school, it wasn't until I was on the praise and worship team at school that I was like, man, I should have kept up with the piano because at that time we were, it was just the kids coming together. There were, there, there were kids like, hey, why don't we put together a band for our praise and worship? Instead of singing acapella or singing to a track, nothing wrong with it. But we're like, hey, like, do we have anybody here that plays a, the guitar? And we found a guy that played a guitar. And then we found a guy that played, you know, uh, I think he also played guitar. And then we found people who could sing. We hit, And it's like we, we came together, the, the, the students that came together, like, wow, like there's some talented people here. And even though I could sing, I was like, dang, God, I should have kept up with the piano. Now, God blessed us with the piano player, but in that moment, I was like, that's something I should have kept up with. And so by the time I graduated high school and got into my early 20s and into college, I was like, Lord, I don't care if I ever play in front of a large church, but can you give me back the piano so that even if I'm just playing for you in my quiet time, I want to be able to play again. And when I tell you that God made a way for me to play, I was able to be mentored by a bass player. And when seriously, like the cost of piano lessons, it really depends on who you work with, but God gave me favor with this man that he didn't charge anything. He just said, I see your heart, you have a heart for it. And if you're willing to work hard, I can teach you. And at first I'm thinking, how can a bass player? <laughs> but he knew his stuff, he knew music. Music is universal, no matter what instrument you play. I discovered that and I'm like, wow, God, you gave me favor with that. And I was, and then without me knowing it, within six months of learning the piano all over again, I found myself the lead musician at my church once my dad founded the second church that we were at in the city. My dad's been pastoring for over 30 plus years, going on 40 years, and he founded a church. And I found myself in that position for five years. And I'm like, wow, God, I asked you. <laughs> I wasn't planning on this being a public thing. It could have just been between me and you in my quiet time. But God provide, and that was another means of income that I was able to provide and take care of some things for myself and I'm like so when I think about my years of singleness and I say all that to just say what could happen in your life right now what is something that you've always wanted to do what is something that you can dedicate your full attention to right now I got more into my writing during this season of singleness at first it was just a hobby I kept it behind the scenes but then I felt that pull and I got the encouragement from my family and I self-published for the first time back in 2013 now pretty much 10 years later, I've published over 13 books, still counting. I still have more books in me that I can't wait to write. So God has given me that gift. And I've been, the many people that I've heard this, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. God has given me the privilege to write over 13. Some may say, well, that's not a lot. I don't care for me, <laughs> for me, that is an accomplishment because I'm like, I've always wanted to do it. I've always had the creative mind for it. I always had the imagination for it. And I'm like, God, I have this, this desire to write quality entertainment. Yes, it can be a cozy mystery. It can be a sweet romance, but it's written in such a way that you don't have to wash your eyes afterwards and you can walk away from the book not thinking, okay, that was inappropriate. I want to write quality entertainment. 
and sometimes it's more Christian based and sometimes it's not. But my thing is we need more material out here because if all they're doing is recycling remakes, I'm thinking, can we get a little more creative here, but still keep it appropriate and still keep it to where, you know, this is a good quality story. And I'm like, well, Daria, why don't you write it? So God has given so much. And then recently, within the last couple of years, I've expanded my author business. And now I'm teaching other authors, particularly in the area of time management and how to be more consistent with their writing and how to be more productive with their writing. And God has opened doors for me to be able to get coaching with that and opening doors in the future for me to get coaching to get better and to continue to grow it and scale it so that I never imagined myself being a business owner but God has given me the mind for it. Nothing wrong with a nine to five, but I'm like, God, I think I have the mind of an entrepreneur and he's given me the grace. So I'm just saying all of that to say, what is something that you can focus on right now before a spouse comes, before a relationship arrives? I've been able to do so much in these 12 years. And some areas, do I wish I was further along? Absolutely. But the character that I've grown, the maturity in Christ that I've received and the thing I, I wouldn't trade my journey. I would not. So all that to say, I'm just, if you can just shift it, just shift your perspective, even if it's just a little bit off of you, off of what you don't have and turn your heart back to God. Like, you know what, God, I don't like it here. <laughs> I don't like it here. I don't like the fact that I don't have anybody, but Lord, add that conjunction there, <laughs> but Lord, I still trust you. And I love how David does that in the Psalms. If you ever read the Psalms and it kind of starts off depressing and David's just laying it out there before he ends the Psalms, he flips it and he says things like, yet the Lord is good, or I will remember the deeds of the Lord, or yet, you know, you're still, it's like, he lays it all out there like, God, I don't like this. I don't like my enemies getting over on me. God, get them. God, break their teeth. It's like <laughs> David goes in. Like if you never read Psalms before, talk about an emotional roller coaster. But David lays it all out. So I'm not saying that you can't tell God how you feel. But will you remember what he's done before? Will you remember how he protected you before? You may not have liked the breakup. But he knew that five years later that you two were not going to be un you two were going to be unequally yoked. And he preserved you from being in a marriage that would have ended in divorce. Some of you may have said, well, my marriage didn't end in, end in divorce. That doesn't mean that God can't restore your heart. That doesn't mean that God can't repair the damage that was done. You can trust him. And it's sad that some Christians are losing their faith in God in this area. It's sad that a lot of Christians are losing heart in this faith walk. And I hate to say it like this, but it has to be said, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're gonna get everything that we want. Sometimes our desires do line up with God's desires and marriage is a beautiful desire that very well can please the Lord and the right kingdom marriage, absolutely. But we just got to make sure that our motives are pure. We just got to make sure that our hearts are right. Like, God, I want this relationship to honor you. Like, I had to change my prayers because at first my prayers were, God, I just want to be married because everybody else is getting married. That wasn't a good enough reason to God. But when my prayers begin to change and it's like, God, I want my marriage to give you glory. God, I want when people look at my marriage to see 
the image of Jesus Christ and the church. That's what it's supposed to be. Marriage between a husband and a wife is supposed to represent Jesus Christ and the church and the earth. You two as a couple are basically supposed to display the gospel by your love for one another, by your sacrifice of one another, by your respect and honor for one. It's like you two are supposed to represent Christ and the earth with your union. And not everybody can live up to that high calling. They can't because it requires self-sacrifice. It requires being selfless. It requires dying to your flesh even more so. We're already dying to our flesh as believers, but marriage kicks it up 10 times. And I've just witnessed that, you know, just an engagement, you know, just the things I've had to die to, the things I've had to like, okay, this is no longer me, myself, and I. This is turning into we, us, and ours. And not everybody can handle that. So that's the picture that it's supposed to represent in the earth. So if your motives are pure, then take that to the Lord and leave it up to him. Do your part. Absolutely. Don't just feel like you're going to meet your spouse in your living room. Okay. You can get out there. You can join online communities. You can try different events that you can visit in your city. Maybe your church is hosting a different event. Maybe another church is visiting a different event. You can still be loyal and pay tithes at your local church, but go to another singles event at another church down the street. It's okay. But all that to say, let's stop focusing on what we don't have, because if we do, we'll miss out on what God is doing. So I hope and pray that that encouraged you today. And I hope that you will continue to move forward in Christ, realizing that he has your best interest at heart, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. So, Father, thank you for those that are listening right now. Father, I pray that you would renew our strength. Father, a lot of us feel weary. A lot of us feel tired. And that's a ploy of the enemy. He wants to exhaust us. If he can't slow us down, he's trying to exhaust us. He's trying to push us. He's trying to tire us out so that we'll settle for less, so that we won't wait for your best. He wants us to grow weary and well-doing. He wants us to faint, but your word says to not grow weary and well-doing for in due season, we will reap if we faint not. So Father, help us not to faint. Some of us feel like we're about to pass out. Some of us are feeling lightheaded. Some of us, Father, just feel as if nothing is working. But Father, that, that doesn't mean that you're not working. You're working on our behalf. We have no idea what's going on behind the curtain. And Father, just as you show me, even with something as simple as hair, there is something working for me to see the, the fullness, Father, for me to see the improvement, Father, with, with this overall look. Father, I pray that the men and women listening would see overall what you are doing, that you would open their eyes to see the blessings that you've already provided, Father, that you would open their eyes, Father, to see that you are working things out for their good, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray that you would change our hearts into grateful ones and that we would look to you for contentment, that we would look to you for peace, Father, even after a relationship, even with the right person, Father, there's still work to be done. Even with the right person, Father, there's going to be trials, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be ups and downs. So, Father, I pray that you would dismantle that belief system that thinks, Father, that everything's going to be perfect once they meet their person. Not so. If not, if anything, the enemy is going to attack harder because he wants to break that union. He wants to break the covenant. He doesn't want to see unity. He doesn't want marriages to thrive. He doesn't want children to grow up in 
you know, homes that are stable in their foundation in you, Lord God. He wants to perpetuate brokenness. But Father, I pray for the couples that are fighting every single day, the kingdom marriages, Father, that are fighting every single day to stay together. Father, I pray that you will bless them 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Father, for those, Father, whose marriages is in trouble, Father, I pray that there's a way that you can restore it. And I'm not saying that that justifies staying in an abusive relationship, but Father, I believe that you can change hearts. You can change hearts, Father. Now, now if it's best and safer to leave, then that's their choice. You've given us free will. And that's not an unforgivable sin. Too many single, too many Christians, Father, feel like they have to stay bound to a marriage because of sometimes us not fully understanding what the scriptures mean. But Father, I believe that you want safety in marriages. I believe, Father, that you meant for marriages, Father, to thrive. So Father, I thank you for restoring kingdom relationships right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are repairing broken hearts and that you are healing, Father, hearts that are disappointed. Not so much because it didn't work out with the other person. They're disappointed because their idea wasn't met. They're disappointed because their expectations weren't met. So, Father, I just pray that with every word that you have used on today's podcast, I pray that it ministers to a heart, Father, that just needs to hear it, that just needs to hear encouragement. There's so much negativity out here, God. There's so much, Father, out here that can really bring anyone into a state of depression. But, Father, I just pray that we would turn our eyes to you, realizing that you are in complete control no matter what. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We love you. We give you glory. Amen. Thank you all so much. And again, subscribe if you have not already. And if you are not on Patreon with me, you can start a seven-day free trial today. After that, it's only $15 a month. I would love to have you. You'll get exclusive content to material that I have had and even more as I add new content that will help you thrive in singleness while also preparing for marriage. So exclusive blog posts, videos, archived courses, it's in there to help you succeed in this area of life. So God bless. Thank you all so much. I'll talk to you all next time. Have a good one. Bye.